Weston Walker, you're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Appreciate you listening and texting in. The number is 704-570-9610. We got a lot of texts on a lot of different subjects. Trophy Husband had a good one. I don't know who said it. I know it's been uttered already on this uh, on this show, but Trophy Husband said, how would you explain the term douchebaggery to a four-year-old asking for a friend? I don't know. I'm Tell sorry. Somebody who's not very nice and treats people bad. <laughs> Show them that's a picture of Grayson Allen. Like, I mean, that's a good starting point. <laughs> Here you go, baby. This is what that looks like. Do you see now? And then if she just so happens to be watching a Milwaukee Bucks game, wherever he's playing in the NBA, and then she'll point to him and then say the word. That would be uh, that would be fantastic parenting, I'm sure, for a Tar Heel fan like yourself. And hopefully she wouldn't trip over herself in the process. Uh, probably going to. <laughs> It's <laughs> a great setup. I'm not going to hate on you. Uh, Gator Homer said, now all I can picture is Ryan Day holding up spirit fingers. Yeah, we didn't give that enough light, but <laughs> Wes decided to compare Ryan Day torrent, uh, to Torrance from Bring It On. And can you explain yourself again for the people out there about the comparison between Ryan Day and Torrance from Bring It On? Well, you know, that's one of the movies that uh, you kind of afraid to admit that you like, but I'm man enough to say We've done I it like before. We've done that subject. And yeah. uh, so Torrance came in and she was the underclassman that was going to succeed the upperclassman. I believe it was Courtney, I think. So. No, Big Red. Big Red. She I do not have the details for you on this movie. Big Red. And so they had a ready-made team. She was, she was stealing routines from the East Compton cheerleaders. They oh, never knew this wow. the entire time. And she was going winning state and they were on ESPN and all that stuff. So she basically just gave the same formula to Torrance said, you got the cheers, you got the team, what happened? And Torrance and them lost because she wanted to go and do something different. And uh, yeah, so, so that's what I said Ryan Day did. Is there is there a character turn at the end of this for Torrance? Maybe for Ryan Day? Oh yeah, the, Torrance ends up getting it turned around. All right. and they end up winning state. And so all we'll that see stuff. about that with yeah, Ryan Day. All new stuff. And all right. They, they befriend East Compton cheerleaders. And uh, I, as well as a lot of the <laughs> listeners, love that comparison. Russell in Vermont. No Matt Rule? Laugh out loud, just kidding. <laughs> what the hell? Just kidding. That's what. 704-980. Let's go. Um, 919 got us talking a little bit off the air because Fiddy didn't like it. 919 said, Brian Kelly, most overrated. You want to give the people your reaction as soon as you read that, Fiddy? What did you have to say about Brian Kelly being overrated? Yeah, just tell me you don't know nothing without college football without telling me you know nothing about college. Like, look what he did at <laughs> Notre Dame. Like, and look, I know what Notre Dame is historically and stuff like that. That program hasn't won a national title since Lou Holtz in 1988. He built a consistent 9, 10, 11 game winner year in, year out. I don't think Marcus Freeman's going to do that. I think he's at a place now in LSU with more money, more resources. He's going to get at least one natty. Well, I, I would say that Marcus Freeman, he's killing it recruiting. I think he's going to do a good job. But the problem with Notre Dame is the admissions, and I hate to – Rain down on my defensive line, guys. But listen, let's just keep it real. The, the defensive line room is not always full of scholars. And when you talk about the SEC Damn. and their academic <laughs> reputations, they're able to stack up depth on those defensive lines, which is the difference when they beat on Notre Dame. Notre Dame doesn't have the depth up front. They can't recruit 
the interior defensive linemen that the SEC can, and especially in droves, because listen, they're just not the students to be able to get into Notre Dame. The admissions and all those things are too tough. And so that's the reason why Brian Kelly had to get out of there. It's hard to get the depth of four and five star players that you can get at LSU because of the academic admission. There are times where your offensive lineman shows, and that was one of it them. It is. Calling. Basic, keep it kill, real. We'll just, yeah, keep it real, too. You just call defensive lineman dumb a little bit. That's what you <laughs> Listen, do. I'm trying to tell him that, but I've had even my boy that played in a league that was on the defensive line, he agreed with me wholeheartedly. <laughs> he agreed that you he know? was dumb? He didn't, he didn't necessarily agree that he was dumb, but he said that. That missions, man, listen, those defensive tackles that are going to the SEC in droves, these guys are not brainiacs, okay? Like, this this is not a news flash here. Yeah, uh, Cover your ears, Derek Brown. We apologize. <laughs> we really apologize for the words. There are it. some, but not many. <laughs> uh, Sirloin Hater wrote on the text line, Dabo winning the ACC championship is kind of like winning the NFC South right now. Nothing. WTF, That what does that mean to win a weak division? What do you have to say about sirloin haters text? Well, being a hater, it just depends on how the conference turns out this year. If teams turn out to be what they're supposed to, as far as Florida State being a quote unquote top ten team, if you get Pitt to be a top twenty team, if the Miami Hurricanes somehow bounce back, if the top four to five in the ACC can be top twenty five teams most of the year, then I think Clemson will get the strength of schedule credit uh, there. But as far as if they are down again, then yeah, I mean, there's nothing much you could say but it being a weak conference. Well, and he has a couple of championships against non-ACC opponents, yes. so we can talk about non-conference and schedule, too. And he's won too. the conference in years where there was great yeah. competition. Well, we Florida can... State was great, Pitt had great teams and things of that nature. Well, yeah, I mean, sure, it's a while ago, granted. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying that the ACC is a really strong conference right now, but we can go to a couple of years ago when it was starting to turn, and we had, I always talk about this, going up the escalators at the Westin where ACC Media Days is held, and on one side of their display, you had the championship trophy, and on the other side you had the Heisman Trophy with Lamar Jackson having won and it was Lamar competing against Clemson QBs in order to get that Heisman Trophy there was a time where the ACC not too long ago oh, it was star-studded it was nice it was really fun to see uh Casey Steve he had an inclusion on the celebrity snub list we got a few of these but he said Keyshawn Johnson snubbed me at the Charlotte airport he was just chilling at a restaurant sitting on the outside railing where everyone could see him and Casey Steve he got snubbed by Keyshawn Johnson. I could see that. Yeah, Keyshawn seems like maybe that kind of guy. Yeah. Although I love Key, you know. I uh, do too. Yeah, just uh, I don't want him to. Well, I, what I was really worried about was people write again. Well, that's why I didn't have a radio show. And I was like, well, all right, you can't hold that against him. Yeah. You know, if that's just ESPN going through massive playoffs, <laughs> despite it not being about talent. Um, we can go to some other ones. Uh, Red Dog Mick, he said, Fitty is dumb. Notre Dame is irrelevant. Ohio State every year has been irrelevant. No matter who the coach is, show me you know college football and tell me you don't know. Whew. Can you read that again? Because no. my IQ just fell 10 points. Yeah, that was that's not a... It seemed like that was a text text message written by a defensive lineman. Clown show. <laughs> we could go to Big Cat. Big Cat Dan said uh, he's beaten prime Alabama twice. Can't be that weak. Great point from Big Cat Dan writing that one in. Last one, and then we can try to move on to some Carolina Panthers stuff. Bud Lightyear said, y'all aren't going to discuss this morning show using glizzy for hot dogs. Glizzy is what people will call some hot dogs. My son calls them that. I, it seems like it's a young man's game, Wes. It does. And then us <laughs> old people, I'm including myself into that. I don't know where Fitty falls, but it seems like people have gravitated 
towards calling hot dogs glizzies. I kind of like it, to be honest with you. Rolls off the tongue. Glizzy gang, baby. I know. And, and I just wondered the origin on how it relates to being a hot dog. But like I said, my son calls him that all the time. He talks about how him and his little crew at school, they call him glizzy. <laughs> uh, this is a good question, too. Cowherd wrote in, what are the different levels of celebrity and where do WFNZ hosts rank? Way down, buddy. Yeah, we'll probably D-list. Uh, not, not very big. You know, I appreciate people coming up and saying they enjoy listening to us, and some of you don't, and that's okay. But we are way down on that list. We, we got to get to the point where we start making it on the news when mm-hmm. they want to get a feature on something big that happens in the city. All right, so, yes, we can do that. I know some other, you know, the Carolina Panthers, they're not nearly as far down as we are on the celebrity list. Let's talk about some guys that could have their stock going up to maybe where they are climbing the celebrity list here in the area. Because if you look at Joe Person writing for The Athletic about the Carolina Panthers stock report, he had a few different Carolina Panthers on their way up, on their way down, trying to figure out who are the people that we need to pay attention to most. Of course, Bryce Young is going to be on a list where everybody is pointing to them. But some interesting names, Wes. I, I like this article just because it wasn't the same recycled names all the time that we're hearing. We're hearing a lot of Terrace Marshall Jr. We're hearing a lot of Marquise Haynes. Raheem Blackshear, we started to talk about a little bit. Yeah. But... Maybe not as much and maybe not enough, right? So here's what Joe Person writes. Reich was uh, reluctant to mention which players caught his eye during the spring, but Blackshear was one of them. Signed off the Bills practice squad in September. Blackshear became the Panthers' primary kick returner in 2022. He averaged 27 yards per return. You are talking about him having that passing role, being that third down back with Blackshear being there, more so than what Miles Sanders has shown the last couple of years and more so than what Chuba Hubbard has shown the last couple of years. Maybe this is someone that's just going to be on the team and be a nice third down uh, specialist for them as the season unfolds, and we haven't been talking about him as much as we should. Yeah, I could see his stock being up because we talked about backs like Naheem Hines flourishing in Frank Reich's system, and so this is a guy that fits that mold, a smaller back that's kind of a dual threat, and so he was the primary kick returner in 2022, but this is also a guy that can get it done in the passing game if you need him to, and so we know uh, that we've been talking about Miles Sanders and him returning to a 50-catch back that he once was in Philadelphia, but this is a guy that a lot of people will point to as far as being the Panthers' third down back. And so when you look at the history of Frank Reich's system, as I said, and him always having a guy that was kind of a smaller back that would get it done on third downs, this guy fits the bill, so I could see his stock being up. Um, some of the other names we know about Frankie Louvu. Let's talk about him a little bit later on because financially he's going to be interesting to discuss. We have a topic on that. Terrace Marshall is on this list. Jonathan Mingo, interesting but still a name that we've talked about. The other one that caught my eye is Matt Corral Yes, on Joe Person's list. Corral's rookie year was a wash after the dual threat QB from Ole Miss went down with a season-ending foot injury in the second preseason game. But... Scott Fitterer said Corral looked, quote, like a different guy when he showed up this spring, 220, 15 more pounds than his rookie season, and he was in great shape. Corral made the most of his limited reps behind Bryce Young and Andy Dalton, prompting Reich to say the third-round pick has made, quote, significant strides in his command of the offense. I was always discussing how Matt Corral should not detour you. I don't know why I put that weird pronunciation on it deter you (laughs) from drafting a QB in the first round but I'm here for him being enough of an asset to get some trade value in return or 
Andy Dalton moves on and Matt Corral could be that backup QB. What do you make of his stock going up here? Well, this folks, and, and for the young guys out there, man, this is all about a guy's mentality and dealing with adversity. And sports is going to always happen. And so I like what I'm hearing about Matt Corral because this guy coming out of high school, he was a top 100 recruit. He was a top five pro style quarterback in the country. This guy has pedigree. He went to Ole Miss. He put up numbers there. And instead of him packing up his tent and crying and sobbing about what's not going his way, he's come in 15 pounds heavier, like they said. He looks like a different guy, like they said. That tells me that this is a guy that is ready to compete. He doesn't care about who's in front of him. He's ready to just come out and ball, and I like that. And I think this guy has a great chance to supplant Andy Dalton, maybe not this year, but next season, maybe supplant him as the backup because you have to like what you see from a guy like this that's ready to compete no matter what the circumstances are, and he's not worried about what has happened in the past. So I'm very excited about what I'm hearing about Matt Corral. As I said, I've kept up with the kids since high school, and so I just can't wait to see what he's going to do, looking like a different guy, having that competitor's mentality that is excellent because also that's what you want in a backup. This guy's not worried about the fact that Bryce Young's the guy. He understands that, but he's still going to come out and do his absolute best. And that's what we're seeing right now as far as the shape he's come in, the mentality he's come in. I like what we're hearing about this young guy. All right, let's go to the stock down portion of this article just real quickly. Some of the names you would expect here too, right? Shy Smith. It's just going to be really hard when you have so many wide receivers come yeah. aboard this offseason. Keith Taylor. I mean, Keith Taylor is someone that really struggled an opportunity last Random year. Smith. So Keith Taylor is interesting there. I You brought up the name that I was most fascinated by mm. uh, to me. The other guys, J.C. Horn, too. Joe puts a caveat here. Stock down is not really a fair description for Horn, who is one of the Panthers' best players when healthy. But Horn's bad luck with injuries extended to OTAs this year when he was sidelined with a foot-ankle issue he sustained while working out on his own. But we do know that he is expected to be okay at the start of the regular season. That's the only reason Joe Person uh, puts J.C. Horn stock down. Brandon Smith is a little different, right? Because this is what Joe writes. When the Panthers drafted Smith in the fourth round in 22, they were hoping his impressive traits would lead to more production than what it accomplished at Penn State. But the 6'3", 240-pounder was primarily a special teams player as a rookie. Smith was starting to become more involved on defense when he hurt his ankle at Seattle in Week 14 and missed the rest of the season. We know that there is an opportunity there at linebacker to possibly fill in for Shaq Thompson and Frankie Louvu when they go to the sideline. Brandon Smith was the one that caught my attention the most. Is that the same for you? Um, well, it was mostly J.C. Horn, obviously, because I think that by perception, the fact that he's been hurt already, I think a lot of the fans are let down and kind of looking at him with a side eye a bit as we come into this season because it seems like fans at this point are just going to be sitting there waiting for the next injury to come and you hope it does not happen but I think a lot of fans are starting to get into that mentality with him unfortunately and so I, I thought that that was pretty surprising because you would think that a lot of us as we said with the injury as long as he's ready for training camp it's all good so you would think that he would not be in this category but to put him here I understand why he would be but Brandon Smith is another guy I mean when you get into the fourth round that's when you start to talk about plays that you're really kind of Taking a flyer on, I think the premium rounds are one through three. Then you get to four, it's kind of 50-50. And so they talked about, they, they 
obviously took a fly on them because they said they didn't see the production at Penn State they would have wanted to see out of a guy who can run like he does with the size that he has. And then you get him in, and I think, unfortunately, they're starting to see why the production wasn't there at Penn State like they would have wanted. There's just some things missing there. Cowherd wrote in, what about Barno? Barno was not on the list either way. He I was didn't such a see. low pick, though, so I don't know yeah. how upset you could be if he doesn't turn out. Yeah, Stock, I guess where we are, people ask about Barno a lot. I, I think you see the athletic traits and people are really excited about him. Big Cat Dan said, I mean, look at the QB injury situation in San Francisco last season. Corral has to be ready. And then we did have, uh, I think you know, some other texture wrote in. He's one injury away from starting. I'd argue two because Andy Dalton's going to be the backup. It's just how it is. You're not going to give him that money and he's going to fall down, you know, unless Corral outperforms him. But I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, you know, we've seen QB injury situations happen quite a bit to maybe where Corral could start. All right, we're up against a break. Let's talk more Hornets on the other side. What did we make of Brandon Miller's performance in his summer league debut? It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You can also check us out on the WFNZ app. If you miss some of the segments, then go to WFNZ.com. Go to the Wesson Walker tab on the podcast feed, and you can catch up on the best of hours, the best of segments, interviews, all that good stuff. And Wes is back with us after going on a cruise vacation for yeah. a, a few days, and people are feeling the takes from you, Wes. You've had a Bring It On reference already. You talked about defensive linemen and their IQ. I mean, you've been on one today coming back from vacation. <laughs> Can we ask uh, about the hot dog eating contest, the Nathans, too? Can we ask if people watch that? Sure. Uh, you just did. Tell well, yeah. us. 704. Because Fitty threw out the uh, <laughs> in an insulting questionnaire asking uh-huh. if you plan your holiday around watching people eat hot dogs. And I think this is a very hot topic. They show it on the news. Okay, they update who won on the news. Mm -hmm. And I said, I've been watching it pretty much since its inception. And I said that I not only enjoy watching them eat, but I love to hear about prior competitions they've won. Like, they might have eaten 20 pounds of meatballs. They might have eaten 10 pounds of matzo balls. They might have eaten 15 pounds of ground beef or uh, 120 sliders. Like, I think it's so interesting to me. And yes, I do watch. The only thing I said that gets a little nasty is when the bun gets wet and it's all over their mouth. And oh, they're it's, trying it's to really, choke down it's really the, gross. Yeah, though. they're trying to choke them down and eat it. Uh, my girl yeah, watched this it. Is, this is going to be really tough for fitting <laughs> my to get girl, through this yeah, entire time. Yeah, she watched it. She was absolutely disgusted by it. She would turn around and look and then go, oh, 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but I mean, I enjoy it, man. I watch it every year. So I just wanted to know if any of the Texans out there are like me, man, and they enjoy watching a little bit of Nathan's on their July 4th. It's, it's too hot to be outside at 12 o'clock. It, enjoy it is strong. <laughs> I kind of just get through it because it is crazy to see Joey Chestnut put down 62 hot dogs in 10 minutes and then actually be one of the low figures he's put up within the last five years. Yeah. The fact that he has a comfortable lead already it's watching a dominant athlete come out after the event was canceled. And then Joey Chestnut awkwardly rally the troops to go back out there on stage. And then eventually it was be- it was because he could win because nobody was going to beat him. Yeah, I said, Walker, I thought, too, with your eating prowess at one point, I feel like I might be uh, pretty good at it as well. But I said I'd put you down for about 25. <laughs> Easy tiger. <laughs> 25 in 10 minutes. Yeah. I need to be competing right now. If I can do it with zero training, put down 25 hot dogs in 10 minutes, then I need to go up to Coney Island, which I can't do. Yeah. Plus, hot dogs are a weakness for me. They're just some food you'd like, but you can't eat a lot of. Breakfast food is like that for me. What? Biscuits. Wow. You're I, from the South. I, <laughs> yeah, I just can't eat a lot of it. I like it, and I'll eat a full plate, but I can't eat three plates and stuff like that. There's not anything I'm able to do. Mm. Well, three plates, is that's asking a lot. Well, I know, but if we're talking about lunch, I can go get three plates of a cookout. I can get you, a, you know, three hamburgers. You can knock down three trays. I mean, I, I can tell, I did, actually, this past weekend. We had a, wow. we had a boil go on. We had, um... Shrimp in there, uh, low country boil. Oh, God. Put put it down, man. Had three <laughs> plates, no doubt. Pasta salad. Plus, you had appetizers out there all day. I destroyed it. Um, I, I, I kind of just get through it. It's not like I, I seek it out, but I kind of just get through it, especially when you start to see the water and then you see some of the wet. Yeah, bread. man. That's, that's a pretty gross. Bit, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty gross. <laughs> What's going on, Fitty? Talk to me, man. You have so many different reactions today I'm interested in. There's a 704 number, and I, I hope Touchdown Tommy's trolling us. <laughs> I don't watch it, but I bet on it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great tradition. I could see people bet on it, but, man, I wonder – how much money do you win betting on Chestnut? Because he's dominated that competition. Kobayashi was the only guy that was close to him. And now he's just been his competition for well, probably was, the last three, four years, I think. Well, it was Kobayashi at first. And then Joey yes. Chestnut came into the game. And yes. he was the guy that battled. And eventually he was the favorite. Remember they had an eat-off? Remember when they had yes. that? I need to stress the. It just feels like I'm wandering in dangerous territory. But they did have an eat-off a few years, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago when Kobayashi was still doing this thing. And Joey Chestnut won. Doesn't it feel Incredible like competitor. America, though, when you watch it? Like, huge, man, look at us, just huge America stuff going on. food and mm-hmm. we could be feeding others with. Would you rather watch the hot dog eating contest or summer league basketball, Fiddy? Which one would you rather watch? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I would I would rather watch. And maybe this, this is what set me over the top yesterday. I was getting notifications from the ESPN, the ESPN app about the, the about the hot dog eating contest. Mm-hmm. You can't even send out <laughs> timely breaking news because the ESPN app is the worst sports app that is out there. But I'm getting updates about the hot dog eating contest getting canceled, and then it's getting put back on. And the way Twitter – this is why Twitter needs to break. 
because it came together yesterday to celebrate a man eating 62 hot dogs in 10 minutes. <laughs> That's not a good thing. And like Flounder and, and Willie are tweeting about, I guess, the play-by-play guy of the event that nothing gets them more fired up. If a play-by-play guy gets you fired up while eating hot dogs, I don't respect your sports broadcasting opinion. No, but the problem is you are one, too, that advocates for the broadcaster to love the sport they're That's calling. That's not a sport! If it can do something that you can't do, that's the thing I was wondering, too. If, if somebody can do something that you couldn't possibly do, do you consider that a feat of athleticism? Where could you watch it this weekend? Okay, ESPN started out Where showing Australian rules football. <laughs> like, that doesn't mean it's a sport. I'm just asking. It's a sports station. Doesn't the, doesn't, didn't ESPN used to televise the spelling bee, by the way? Is spelling a sport? <sighs> a competitive one at that. Yeah, I would agree. It's hard to do. Impressive display of competitiveness and athletic feats by eating 62 hot dogs. You don't have to call Joey Chestnut an athlete. I will. And I'll call him a world uh, class athlete at that. Somebody asked me to never say eat off again on air. And I think that's some <laughs> good advice to follow. So let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about Summer League and Game 1 takeaway. We got to see them. Charlotte Hornets got destroyed in Game 1. <laughs> it was not pretty. Okay. And it was it was really ugly as soon as the ball was in the air to be tipped. I think the San Antonio Spurs in the first quarter beat Charlotte 28 to 11, something. It was bad. It was, it was brutal. It was real brutal. But of course, nobody cares about the outcome of summer league. You care about the individual performances and no one is going to be paying attention to, uh, or excuse me, everybody will be paying attention to Brandon Miller more so than every other player on the roster. Wes, I ask you, after you got back from vacation, <laughs> you had a chance to watch the highlights and then maybe dig a little deeper into the film. Yeah. What did you think of the Hornets' second overall performance in Summer League? I think that Brandon Miller, I thought he looked really smooth. Um, I thought for his first Summer League game, he got his bearings in the second half, obviously. Like what you saw as far as the shot, the second half that he had there. Um, but the thing was, you kind of, I was struggling how much I wanted to honor it just because of where the score was. But I know you have a lot of guys out there trying to get roster spots, trying to be seen, trying to impress coaches. So I know everybody's out there playing hard in summer league because guys don't have guaranteed spots. So I thought from Brandon Miller, I like what I saw, especially the and one that he had. That was a pretty nice move when he goes to the bucket, gets fouled, throws up the circus shot, gets that in. I like that. Uh, but I like mostly, as I said, the shooting. That's what you wanted to see from him. 42% from three, he shot uh, 18 points there. So it's interesting to see when he comes out because the pressure was on. Everybody knew in the building they wanted to see what he was going to do. Yes, he had six turnovers and seven fouls. Okay, but he is a rookie and a very young one at that, only one year of college. So I like what I saw from him. As far as the team overall, man, the rookies I'm going to give a little bit of a pass to because they're the new guys on the block. Nick Smith, though, didn't shoot the ball very well, not very effective there, but you still saw some flashes from him, 12 points, three boys. But Book Knight, come on, man, time to turn the page on him. Time to get him up out of here. 
uh, Kai Jones as well, man. I, I've, I've been trying to stay a fan of this guy, but just didn't see what you wanted to see, especially when you get in the summer league and you have guys that played actual, real, meaningful NBA minutes and you're getting nothing out of them. They should be dominating. Justin Champagne, say what you want, but he came in there and played like a guy who was trying to make a roster, played like a guy that's played some NBA minutes and is out there to show that he's ready to take the next step and get the hell out of summer league, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryce McGowan, he played like a guy who knew what he was doing. But the thing I, I, I talked about earlier is just that the Hornets have no type of culture. Um, and, and that's one thing that, that they're going to have to get. We talk about the Panthers, the keep pounding culture, running the football, playing defense, being tough. The Hornets don't have anything to, to, to lean on when times get tough. You look at now the Detroit Pistons, not the greatest example, but we know that when they are good, they're built on defense and toughness and grit and Boston Celtics and, and those teams of that, the Miami Heat culture. How much do we hear about that? But what is the Hornets culture? And so I said that when they came out in the summer league and just got dominated, I'm like, where is the culture with this franchise where they have a type of player that they like to bring in that brings a certain thing, gravitas, to their positions to where things like this just don't happen on a regular basis or we are surprised when it does happen. Yeah, I mean, the thing about the first game in Summer League is that we can't overreact to everything because it's just one Summer League game. I mean, yeah, James Booknight, it's pressing. He needs to have a great summer. It's pressing for Kyle Jones. It should be pressing for both of these guys, especially since it's been two years. Now it's going into their third where they're competing in summer league and they've got a lot of work to do based off of what they've accomplished and not so much accomplished so far. But it's only one summer league. We'll take the sample size and see how we can apply it. But yeah, one very good for Kai. Kai had a really bad game. Like book night, it wasn't great. But he shot well enough, I guess not from three, but, you know, he did um, shoot 57% from the field. He did have 12 points. I thought the ball stuck in his hands a little too much, but okay, not great, not good, not awful, whatever. With Kai, it was awful. Kai Jones had a really bad summer league debut. Yeah, no rebounds for Kai Jones in 21 minutes. Pretty bad. Did have a couple blocks. Um, I know it doesn't list him as having a block, but we all saw a SWAT in transition. It was one of the better plays of the game. So I'm I'm surprised that they don't have uh, him listed with one of those blocks. I want to go back to Brandon Miller just real quickly. You know, I called it a confirmation bias game with... Uh, Jeff earlier on Charlotte Sports Today. I think if you liked Brandon Miller as the pick compared to Scoot Henderson, I think you saw a lot of what was on display with him in this game in that regard. I think if you wanted Scoot and you pointed out some of the problems that Brandon Miller had coming into this game, then you might feel with you might feel your bias is confirmed in that regard too. I think this role this season, his rookie year, can do some damage off ball. That's what I think is going to happen with him, right? The guy, knockdown shooter, there's just no doubt about it. And he showed it a little bit later in the game, but it came as soon as he got more comfortable. thought the first quarter was horrendous, but not just for Brandon, for everybody in that game. Everybody was terrible. And then Brandon started to get a little more comfortable. He had the nice drive with his left hand. I thought that was good, patient. First bucket. Yeah, Yeah. first bucket. Good pick-and-roll decision-making. The C's parted for him on the left side, and he kept feeling his way until he was at the basket, and there he was, right? Like, it was a good drive. Um, Simple reads, not trying to do too much. I think that's a good thing. It's not anything crazy. Oh, fantastic pass, but it's just a nice, simple read. Come off a screen. Somebody's in front of you. Kick out and see if they're going to be able to knock down the three-point shot. My, I think defensively, man, that chase down block, 
that was a fantastic play. There are a couple of really nice defensive sequences from Brandon Miller that you're going to feel really good about. I think offensively, defenders didn't have any problems staying in front of him unless there was a screen set. That was it. And you're going to have to set screens for him. There were a couple times where he tried to attack guys on the catch where even one defender was off balance and that defender still was able to stay in front of him because I don't think you have the quickness to get past some of these players and the strength. I'm not saying it won't come. I mean, NBA, they do a great job of putting weight on dudes. That happens all the time. But boy, he's weak right now. Yeah, That's just how it is. And if you are not quick enough to get by guys at 6'9", especially if you have some smaller players out there on the perimeter, if you're not strong enough to get to your spots, or when you do drive to the paint, not strong enough to take contact and finish, and right now it's and, and you're still so young in the game, it's not a great combination, and so I think you're going to be settling for a lot of threes. Now, great, he can shoot them, but yeah, this this game uh, game one in the summer league, that's what I kind of thought about Brandon Miller's performance. Really quick, what do you make of, I know he struggled with ball control, but what did you think about the combination of dribbling moves he put together on that and one where he goes behind the back, gives you a little hezzy, gives you a little bit Just of Just the sauce. drive where he finishes falling to the ground? Yeah, what well, gives you a little sauce on the, oh, on I the it was, handle. I thought did it was like that. I thought it was good control. Like, yeah, I thought he he uh, had his defender fall down. And then when he falls, when his defender falls down, I think he's, you know, going to the basket and then shoots it on the way down. Yeah, I thought it was an incredible shot. Well, I was right. just saying the handle, though, because I know we talked a lot about that. I was saying, did that impress you any to see him put together that series of dribbling moves to get to the cup? Sure. I, Yeah, stationary handles, not a lot of pressure on you up at the top of the key. Mm-hmm. Picking your spots, when to attack in the pick and roll. I don't think he's a bad decision maker, you know, like I think especially when you're dribbling and being patient in that, I I do think he does a good job of picking his mismatches. That was something celebrated with him coming out of Alabama. Just when you take a step up in competition, athletic, strong perimeter defenders, I think they're really going to bother him this year. It doesn't mean that it's always going to be like that, but I think they're really going to bother him this year, and we'll see how uh, soon he's I able to get past I can't wait to see him that. and Wemby one-on-one, especially the defender that Wemby is. That's going to be very intriguing. Well, I don't even know if Wemby's going to be on him, right? I mean, if you're going to put him towards They'll the front court. They'll have some times where they'll match up, though. Especially drives. Yeah. But, yeah. but if Wemby's just roaming all over the place, then yeah. Or they'll um, run some screen action where they'll get yeah. matched up on each other at some point during the game. It'll be fun to see. All right, let's go to the second 50 flash of the day. All right, Walk, remember on Monday when we spent all that time and visiting the mound talking about the Angels and maybe this being the year they they put a winner around Shohei Otani Mm -hmm. and all that type of stuff? Well, since Monday, Mike Trout's been put on the I.L. with a broken left wrist. Anthony Rendon exited the game, I think it was last night or the night before that. And Shohei Otani, probably not going to be able to pitch in next week's All-Star game. His ability to participate is going to be up in the air. He had a uh, a cracked nail on his pitching finger that then developed into a blister. And he doesn't. he's, he's already said he's not going to be able to pitch. He doesn't know if he's going to be able to play in the All-Star game. So just when we talk the Angels up and maybe say, look, maybe this is the year. And Otani's going to do some meaningful things in October. Trout gets hurt. The third baseman gets hurt. Then Otani gets hurt. And just gives me more of a reason for him to force his way to New York City. 
<laughs> you think he's gonna win a cup in New York after what you guys got going on? But he does seem to be getting nagging injuries. I saw he had the blister, and I think the game before that didn't he have something else with his finger where he had to come out? I don't know. Well, I was just say he had the the cracked nail or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So you hate to see little stuff like that. It seems like the Angels is. Uh, stars, man. They just can't stay out of their own way when it comes to injury. I mean, it's happened with Mike Trout his whole career, and then it it did happen a lot with Shohei Otani. It seemed like this season we might get uh, mostly unscathed. That still can happen with him, especially with the All-Star break approaching. But yeah, you just want Shohei Otani back sooner rather than later. And he's not going to be starting the All-Star game, right? Is is he going to outright miss this, or is that still um, undetermined? It's still undetermined, but he said yesterday after the game he doesn't see himself pitching and he yeah. everyone thought he was going to be the starting pitcher as well as the dh that would have been fantastic all right let's go to fitty's favorites because of the vacation west just came back from fitty decides to give <laughs> okay. you the favorite destination places in the u.s despite not being past the mason dixon line right. but it's okay it's fitty's favorites it's his list we'll get to it coming up next sports radio 92 7 wfnz McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Wes back from vacation, going on a cruise. Still has the vacation hat on because he's just not quite ready to give it up. Does it still feel like a vacation <laughs> despite being on the airwaves? Uh, a little bit, man, but I'm definitely <laughs> glad to be back in the grind. You know, vacations, they are great, but they do throw you off your routine a little bit. So I'm glad to be back here with you guys. All right, so because of the vacation that Wes took, Fitty decided to rank the best destination places in the U.S., I'll ask you before you reveal the list, how many of these places have you been to, Fitty? Um, actually, zero. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny? It's all right. I don't I'm know. because Walker's laughing. You would think maybe one of these on the list you would have been to if it's your favorite, but that's okay. Yeah. I we mean, can get a secondhand, I mean, just basically an internet view of this so well, like, wish list. I, I mean like yeah, yeah that, that, that's how i did like i attacked my list from the places i want to go to the most and number one on my list i'm going next year okay so then you'll be able to give us the real deal and you can tell us whether you ranked it too high or too low correct all right let's dive in right now fitty's favorites number five fitty what you got all right walker so <laughs> I had to look up exactly where number five was because I wanted to make sure it wasn't in another one on my list. Mm -hmm. But for number five for me, I put Mount Rushmore because I I do think that it's it's pretty cool that they've got the faces carved into uh, carved into out there. And, you know, just the scenery and stuff like that. It's beautiful. I need the exercise. So the hike would come in beneficial, by the way. 
Down five pounds since I cut out soda. I lost three pounds last week. Let's get it. Nice job, Fiddy. Nice job. You are ready to go see Mount Rushmore after keeping soda out of your diet for quite some time. I'll tell you, underrated part about Mount Rushmore, I have been only one time on a trip out west that I took. At night, we were driving through. Very cool scene. Not necessarily what everybody pictures when you think of going to see Mount Rushmore, but they had a whole bunch of lights shining just on the president's faces, and you didn't get to see really the scenery behind it, mm-hmm. but it was really cool to see it at night. So, underrated aspect of it. Have you ever been, Wes? I have not. None Only- of these places on his list I've been to. All right. Thanks for setting it straight. I won't ask you again. Number four, <laughs> Fiddy, what you got? Number four. Number four. Here's the hardest part about going number four, because I told you guys off the air, I'm, I'm terrified of the water and stuff like that. But if I could get over my fear and go to Niagara Falls, I want to go. Because okay. the pictures from it are just beautiful. You can go without getting on Made of the Mist. But like, if, if, if you're going, like, don't you got to take like, the full experience or whatever? And like, You tell me. This is not my list. I have gone to Niagara Falls. I've been on both sides. Really? I have. Yep. I went on Made of the Mist, which is the classic. Um, I watched Bruce Almighty for, uh, for the first time in a long time yesterday, too. Made of the Mist reference there. Fantastic. But Made of the Mist, Niagara Falls, at night as well. I'm telling you. The lights that they show, it's a whole bunch of different color changing lights when you watch the uh, when you watch the falls come down. Very cool to see that as well. That's my experience. All right, Fiddy, let's keep on rolling, man. Number three. Number three. Number three. We're going back to uh, Jeff's neck of the woods. I want to go to the Colorado Rockies. I love I love the mountains. My folks go every year. They go to Colorado to go skiing. Um, I, I, I think it's amazing how it, it still snows there into April and sometimes even mm-hmm. May. But, you know, you were talking about how your girlfriend prefers the mountains over the beach off the air. I prefer the mountains over the beach as well. And going to Colorado with or without. The Devil's Lettuce is a destination place for me <laughs> in my life. Good for you. What's interesting to me, too, also, Fiddy, is you talked about being scared of the water. Um, I also understand that you're really afraid of heights, and the three destinations you pointed to are all very high. So the Rockies, Niagara Falls, and Mount Rushmore. Are you just going to have to continue to watch these things from afar? No, because, like, look, if I'm going to go in a in a tragedy – if I go in the mountains, like it's, I'd much rather. Are you fall. talking about dying right now? Yes. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> like I'd much rather fall off the side of a mountain than fall off Niagara Falls or, all right. you know, fall in Mount Rushmore. You're, Although all of them are horrifying. By the you're way. you're afraid of heights too, right, Wes? You don't like them? Yes, but I'm not. If I can be on something stable, then you're a little bit better. Yeah. I went to Belize one time. We walked up the Mayan ruins. My dad. Did not realize this. Deathly afraid of heights. He's holding on to me as we're going up a pretty steep incline to go up to the top of one of the ruins. And my dad is holding on to me. I said, Dad, I had no clue you were this afraid of heights. All these steps? Yeah. Kind yeah, of I'm like you. And yeah, there's steps. And I said, Dad, I'm, I did not know you were this afraid of heights. He said, I'm not afraid of heights. I'm afraid of dying. <laughs> <laughs> and that stuck with me. Yeah, I'm not doing that. All right. Number two, Fiddy, what you got? Um, by the way, I'm getting strays on the uh, on the text line. Are these top five vacations for senior citizens? They're pretty old. Yeah. <laughs> wow. They're, they're pretty old. 704 did say two. Mount Rushmore. A big disappointment. That's from Rodney coming wow. in. Wow. All right. Number two. Number two for me is Yellowstone National Park. I thought 
and this shouldn't surprise you considering how bad I did not know our U.S. Constitution or whatever I was doing the other or no branches of government. Yeah, right. when I was doing the citizenship was uh, the citizenship test for Kyle. Mm-hmm. I had to make sure that Mount Rushmore wasn't in Yellowstone National Park, <laughs> but it is only. The internet told me it is only a 513 mile drive, so it is relatively close. But you know, it's got volcanoes and stuff like that. It just mm-hmm. it's 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 number. You've went out west. I you, went to Yellowstone. Where yeah. the hell have you not been? I know. I, I knew you were going to say it because you were starting to give a couple of those oh, reactions. Big walk, man, he's been everywhere. I've been traveling. I for sure traveled when? quite a bit. And the four years we didn't talk? Actually, <laughs> 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 no. I was a kid. It was on. It was actually the same trip. I went to Mount Rushmore and Yellowstone. It was just one big trip. We decided to knock out a few things that uh, tourists might want to knock out. So that happened. Love Yellowstone. Got to see some wild buffalo. Very cool. Were they wild? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were great. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> Number one. I'm going to do this over the air because no, what, what, what better place to ask for time off? I'm taking a two-week vacation next summer because the family, we're, we're going to the Grand Canyon. We're going to do it right. And that's the number one place I want to go to. I watched Tombstone over the weekend. It's the greatest movie in American history. Um, and I told my mom that we're going to drive the 400 miles outside of the way to go through Tombstone mm-hmm. on our way to the Grand Canyon. But, uh, yeah, it's beautiful. I want to ride a donkey through the valley of the Grand Canyon. Like, I want to do everything cliche about going to the Grand Canyon and have a grand old time. I've never seen a jackass ride a jackass before, so that'll be interesting if you can get a video before that. What were you about to say, Wes? I said I'd be a huckleberry for your tombstone ride. Oh, you're a tombstone guy, man. I've seen tombstone probably 15, 16 times. I still watch it every time it comes on TV. I love that movie. These are, are, I mean, these are good places. Me, I'm I'm a little more flashy. I like tropical or like the Miamis, the LA, San Diego, stuff like that. This is your father's vacation list, 100%. (laughs) I imagine Fiddy renting an RV and knocking all of these places out. Eating beans out of a uh, pot. Oh, you want to, you know, roughing it, going through the camping experience. And something yeah. inevitably does happen on the RV trip to where you're going to have to call a few audibles, but at the end, you're richer for the experience. You told me on, on, on Monday when the Walker and Fitty show came to an end that the on-air bullying was going to commence once once Wes was back in the in the chair. Did I say that? Yeah. Mm, I don't remember. Eating glizzy. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not a beans guy. I had to take that back. You like hot dogs. So I said, you're going to be eating glizzy. Uh, last thing. Did you say there were volcanoes in Yellowstone? Are there not? Geysers, I believe, is what you're looking for. Old Faithful. We can talk more about it during the break. It's uh, Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. One more hour to go. Stick with us as we talk about more of the Carolina Panthers and the blueprint that they set one to tell you exactly how to draft the new QB in your organization and then set that guy up for success. 92.7 FM.